Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Okay, resolutions 2018. Resolutions, we're going to be talking about this is the series uh, that we're going to be talking about. But today I want to talk about your resolution reasons. Who's got some New Year's resolutions? Who's got some... Who's got some stuff they want to achieve this year, some goals, and we want to pray over that and on, on the fourth service. That's going, to be a, that's going to be a Holy Spirit time. I'm, just, I'm, just going, to, I'm going to be fasting and praying that that service, that, that we see some amazing things happen as a result of that service. I want to ask you something, though. Um, for the, we do this every year where we do this anointing service where people write down their goals. Who, you may not be anyone here because we've got a few people away, holidays, this, that, but who has written down goals from the last previous things and seen them happen. See, look at that. Okay, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people, eleven people who have written down the goals. I, I, I'm talking about the last year's goal thing um, where, we, where we prayed over and seen them happen. See, this is powerful. When we bring these things before the Lord, God sees them. And uh, I, I just want you, to, I want you to do one thing. I want you to, as a result, one of your resolutions needs to be for you, not because it's going to make you a good person. God has made you a good person through the work of Christ. But, but you're going to find some things in Christ. You're going to find some things in God to do with your, your resolutions, with, with your life, the way you want your, the direction of your life to go. You're going to find it in prayer and the Word. Amen? You're going to find it as you pray and as you seek Him in the Word. And I, if, you, if you've been kind of gotten out of rhythm with the Word. Make, make, make one of your main things, okay? Get back into the Word. 2018, January, chap, January chapter 1, I was going to say, months of January, you know, day one, back into the Word, back into prayer, because you've got to be seeking God. And as you get a hold of these, uh, these goal sheets that we give out next week, uh, I, want you to, I want you to be prayerful about the goals that you write on it. I mean, you can put the practical things, you know, I'm going to get fit, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that. That's all good. That's awesome because we're body, soul and spirit. We need to be working on all those three areas of our lives. But let me tell you something. You've got to get God's word on your life. That's the number one thing. And you're going to get that. He's going to give it to you in prayer. He's going to give it to you as you seek Him. He's going to give it to you as, as you seek it out in the Word, as you seek it out in prayer. He's going to, and as you, as you have an open heart to God and you say, God, you've got to speak to me. I want to hear you. I want to, I want to know your will. He's going to tell you. It might scare you sometimes, but He's going to tell you. Amen. So uh, that's good. But today I'm going to be talking about your resolution reasons. You know, Jesus, Jesus, he can see the reason for your resolution. Jesus can see the reason for your resolution. Now, for some of you, you might be going, oh, I, I was hoping he couldn't see that part of my reason for the resolution. But it's okay. He sees you in love. He sees you in grace. He sees you in mercy. And he wants to pull you out of stuff that you struggle with. He wants to pull you out of the things in life that you can't overcome and pull you into victory. Sometimes our resolutions, as we test them, the real reasons for our resolution as we begin to look into these things can actually be coming out of something that we feel is insufficient in us. Sometimes we can be like, well, if I can just do this and achieve this goal, then I'm going to be better. Then I'm going to be something more than I already am. I'm gonna, this is going to prove to everyone. This is going to prove to myself. This is going to prove to my parents. This is going to prove to those friends who, who didn't see me when I was doing dot, dot, dot. You know, these resolutions Jesus sees. 
And, and what I want to challenge today, not to make anyone feel guilty or bad or sad or whatever. I'm not here to do that, nor was Jesus. Jesus came so that you could have life and life abundantly. But Jesus can see the why in what you want. He can see the why in your want. He can see why you want what you want. He can see the behind the story story. He can see the side of your, your struggle, the side of your pain that you hide from everybody else. He can see it. He can see your influences. He can see your concerns. He can see where, where, where for me, I know this is Ryan Waters speaking, where he can see where Ryan has goals, where he wants to prove himself to everybody by achieving those goals. He can see that in me. He can see that in us. This is the thing about Jesus. He can see the reason for your resolution. And if the reasons aren't grounded in Him, if the reasons aren't grounded in the Word of God, if the, if the reasons aren't grounded and, and, and kept in Christ, let me tell you something, those reasons will actually become bondage for you. They'll actually become something that chains you rather than sets you free. So he can see it and he's not seeing it going, oh, you know, look at that bad person. I can see why they want that new car. I can see why they want to go to the gym and lose a bit of weight because they feel... He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not looking at you like that. He's looking at you going, I can see chains that I want them set free from. I, I can see some stuff on them that, they are, that is actually holding them to the wall when they're meant to be breaking through it. That's how Jesus sees you. He sees the resolution, but he also sees a reason. Now, I want to teach out of Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 to 27. Um, and uh, this is not so much about a New Year's event, but it's about a guy called Peter who did have a resolution. It wasn't a New Year's resolution, but it was a resolution nonetheless. And just to give you some background on this before I read it to you, Peter, who was one of Jesus' followers or Jesus' disciples, when Jesus had asked his disciples, who do people say I am? Peter was the first one to perk up and say, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God. Now by saying that, he was saying, you are God, because uh, he was a good Jewish boy, and good Jewish boys had an understanding of the Trinity, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. So by him saying, you're the Son of God, he was literally saying, you're God. And, uh, and Peter all of a sudden was, you know, representing the rest of the disciples. He was the first one out of them to recognize that this physical being that was with them at that point in time, who, who was teaching them, was Christ. He was the Messiah. He was God. And... Uh, Then it goes into this, where it says this in verse 20, did I give you 21? From verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. This is Jesus. And on the third day, be raised to life. Now, Peter, now that he knows who the Messiah is, 
Now, he has all this knowledge about, you know, I, I'm the one that actually spotted him. You know, I'm the one that saw him first. Well, Peter took Jesus aside. He takes God aside and began to rebuke him. Okay? Never, Lord. Never. Um, God, I don't know what drugs you're on, but this ain't happening. What you're talking about ain't happening. This shall never happen to you. Now, Jesus, he turns to Peter, and this is something that you never want Jesus to say to you. <laughs> but Peter is the one who stands in history, who has had this moment, and I feel sorry for him. But he says this, he says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What is Jesus talking about? Who got confused just then? Who's like, okay, I don't know what this has got to do with New Year's. I don't know why Ryan is preaching this heavy and scripture um, and why Peter was getting called Satan and what is going on. Who's got questions just going firing in their brains right now? You're like, do, 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 do. Like, what, is, what is going on? It's okay. I'm going to answer them for you. Okay. <laughs> That's why I brought up this scripture and I am, I am deliberately creating a bit of tension because Mr. Seymour would know that when you create tension, people learn more, right? You know, you create a bit of tension. Ta-da! Tension. <laughs> Here's Peter's resolution. Peter's resolution is this. Messiahs don't die. <laughs> Messiahs don't die? What are you talking about, Jesus? You... Hold on, I know you're the Messiah, I know you're God, but listen, you've got a little confused because you are this and because I believe this about you now and because I've said it. It's going to make me look bad because of what I believe if you don't look good. Right? I think that's what was going on with Peter. But see, Jesus was aware of something. He was aware of the system behind Peter's resolution. There was a system at work. Okay, that's why he rebukes Satan and not Peter. He doesn't call Peter Satan. He's not saying, Peter, you are Satan. He's not saying that. But when, 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 when Jesus rebukes Peter, or rebukes, brings the rebuke, he's not actually talking to Peter, he's talking to Satan. Why does Jesus do that? Because he can see... He can see the reason for Peter's resolution. He can see the reason why Peter thinks that way. Because Peter had some concerns and actually those concerns kind of make sense. I mean, would you think if Jesus physically showed up right here and began to talk and someone just came and killed him, do you think that would be possible? If he is the almighty, all-sufficient, all gracious, all conquering God that the Bible says He is. Would you think that is possible? I wouldn't. I would, I would struggle 
with Jesus, God being killable because he is God, right? Because I understand the system. The system says that God is God. (laughs) And we are not. And that death is only for us. That's the system. That's the reason for Peter's resolution. What Peter is saying, he doesn't understand that God would die. Now, the Bible says, let me just stay here for a moment and go a little off topic and then I'm going to come back on topic. But the reason Jesus had to die physically was so that we could live spiritually. He took upon himself, upon his body, the sins of the world. But because he was God, it didn't didn't kill his spirit. He lived again. He was a sacrifice that finished it for all of us. He is our priest who now stands in heaven. He's our priest who now stands in heaven. Okay? And because of him, every time your name comes up in heaven, and it does, there is an accuser, there is this devil <coughs> who says, well, that person, they did this and they did that and they did this, so, so they, de- they deserve, they've sinned, so they deserve to go to hell. They deserve death. And Jesus says, hold on a second. No, 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 no. I took their sin upon myself and they confess my name and they follow me so it's on me so they're free that's what jesus says in heaven did you know that did you know that god sees you through the sacrifice that jesus made that's how he sees you if you're if you're guilt if you're carrying guilt right now if you're carrying stuff and you feel like you haven't behaved the right way for god to to favor you you're looking at your own sacrifice jesus has made a sacrifice for you It's all been done. You just have to follow Him. You have to come with a repentant heart and say, God, I know I'm carrying this. I give it over and I'm going to follow you. And know that He has finished it on the cross for you. See, Jesus had to die. This is the thing. Now, the concern that Peter had was the Messiah doesn't die. But because, well, see, Jesus... And Peter, well, they both had a different idea about death. See, Jesus knew he'd rise again. But Peter didn't know that Jesus was going to rise again. He didn't believe it. Okay? Death, death is actually a human concern. The system, or the resolution that Peter had was based on the fact that Peter had this human concern, this real concern about death. I want to say this about our human concerns. And this is the warning. This is, the, this, is, this is what you've got to hear. Is that Satan, our enemy, the devil, the system of control that Satan works within us is through human concerns. Okay? See, Peter was controlled by... No, hold on a second. Death... That's not happening for you, Jesus, because you're the Messiah. That didn't even compute in in Peter's mind. And what you have to understand is this, is Jesus had to choose to go on that cross. He didn't have to go to that cross. 
And the reason Peter, Jesus re- rebukes, goes and rebukes Peter is because, well, he, he rebukes Satan is because he's heard that voice before, once before in the desert when he was fasting. There's another story of when Jesus was out fasting in a desert before his ministry, ministry began. And the whole temptation was, if you're really the Christ, if you're really the Messiah, you don't have to go through with this. And once again, here is Peter being used by Satan because he's overwhelmed with human concern and not godly concern. And it actually has the ability, this this Jesus knows that it actually has the ability to stop the plan of God, even for the Messiah. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. That's why in verse 23... In verse 23, when he says, Jesus turns to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. If you look at the word, the, the original word that, that this was, it says, it says that this word stumbling block, it means a snare. You are an obstruction to me. He saw the enemy in what Peter was saying. He saw the snare, and the snare for Christ was, you are the Messiah, therefore you don't have to do this, because you are all-powerful. And that was the temptation that the enemy brought twice to Jesus to stop him from achieving the goal that God actually had for him. Hmm. Jesus was aware of his obstructions. Jesus was aware of the things that would take him out of the will of God. Jesus was aware of the things that would take him out of the will of God. Are you aware of the human concerns that actually can take you out of God's will? Are you aware of these things? When you start to look at your New Year's resolutions and when you begin to look at the reasons for your resolutions and the concerns that they are based upon, if they're not based upon and grounded in Christ, there is a risk that you are going to take yourself outside of the will of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? They come in the you shoulds. These human concerns, they come in the you shoulds. You should be married by now. You should have achieved dot, 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 dot by now. Your net worth should have been at your age and, you know, going on what you are doing as a job and where you should be in your job right now. It should be human concerns. You should be here on the corporate ladder. Oh, you should have had children by now. The human concerns, although they're not bad things so much, none of these are bad things. It's good to climb the corporate ladder. Go for it. Climb that thing. Get on top, baby. I don't care. Have kids. Go for it. Make lots of money. Go for it. Get married. Get married. Some of you guys, you know, in the church, just get married. It's just okay. Just, you know, just don't see each other as friends. Just let's, let's just get you married. Yeah. You're all shaking your head at me. Okay. Shut up, Ryan. Okay. Oh, shut up. 
I'm making you embarrassed. I'm sorry. But I'm just suggesting it in case you know. <laughs> you know, you want to be a little more than friends. If you've been friend zones, it's time to step out. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> but you've got to watch the you shoulds. You've got to watch the you shoulds that you say to yourself that are based on human concerns. You've got to watch the you shoulds that people say to you that are based on human concerns because those things have the power. You, because they, they, they like, well, like with Jesus. See, oh, you're the Messiah, therefore you shouldn't die. This was Peter's concern. Get behind me, Satan. You understand? For you, there are people. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, advise... That when people bring you the your, you shoulds in 2018, that you tell them, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> but you need to be aware of the power that, uh, that, that, that those things have. When they're built around the concerns of this earth. And see, most of the time you'll find these things actually based on the fact that we are going to die soon. The clock is ticking. You get one life. What are you doing wasting your life? What are you doing? You know, you understand? You've only got one chance, you know. All of these sorts of things. Don't waste it. And, and we get this, this, this fear. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, man, oh, I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know when my time's up. You know, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I should get my stuff in order. You know? Oh, New Year's resolution. That's the answer, 2018. Yeah, last year's behind me. I got the future ahead. And I'm going to make some resolutions. I'm going to do this, 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 this. And if they're all based on human concerns, listen to me. You've got to hear me. These things have the power to ensnare you, not, not get you free. And this is the system that the enemy works in to trap you. And Jesus was, uh, he was aware of it. He knew and he said, get by, I've heard that voice before. You get behind me, Satan. You aren't going to take me out of the will of God for my life. You aren't going to take me out of the things that God has got for me. You aren't going to take me out of my resurrection. You aren't going to take me out of my victory. <laughs> Because that's what Jesus had in God, because he was God. And this is what you have in God because you follow him. But the enemy, he's always going to be whispering the human concerns, the things that you should, you should not, you should have, you should have done this, you should be this by now, you should have done that by now. He's going to always be whispering these things. Sometimes he'll be shouting it in your ear because he wants one thing from you. He wants your life. He wants you to give up your soul. To go outside of the will of God for your life is to forfeit your soul for the human concerns that are constantly put in front of us. <laughs> you know what sin is? Sin is way more than just the things that you feel guilty about. Sin is also the stuff that you feel quite justified in feeling. You know why Jesus was so abrupt with Peter? He was teaching Peter something. Because Peter was actually talking about something that was outside of the will of God. 
for Christ. God's will was, why, was that, and it had been prophesied thousands of years before, that this Messiah would die and he would be a sacrifice for all. What Peter started to talk about was something that was an opposite to that will of God. And anything that's opposite to the will of God is sin. You don't understand this about sin. This is why we all need God. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We look, we look, at, the, we look at that good person, you, you know, who, he, who, who doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't chew, he doesn't smoke girl, uh, he doesn't date girls who do. Doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't chew, doesn't date girls. No laughs, okay. Okay, sorry. You know, we look at all of these, these good people and, oh, look, at they look so much better than me. They look, listen to me, sin is way more than just the things that you can see that people aren't doing or the, the victories that you might have, have over, you know, giving up this or not doing that. Or Sin actually is intertwined in our daily life and the daily walk. It gets into everything. It gets into everything because it, it, the moment we are outside of the will of God for our lives, we are in sin. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we've been given this gift of the Holy Spirit. He has been given to us. This is why Jesus needs, needs to be in heaven as our priest constantly working on our behalf because he knows that we need help down here in, on earth and he's given us the Holy Spirit. He knows that we need help in heaven to be, to be brought before the Lord as pure and holy before him so that we can continue to walk in him and walk with him. My point is this. This is my point. The things in our world that we are justified about, that we hold, that we may even feel aren't really sinful, but you know, they're just based on human stuff, you know, human wisdom, human concern, human, you know, I, 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 I get your whole God thing, but at the end of the day, this is what I actually believe. If it's not here, if it's not in the Word of God, if it's not grounded in the truth of God, it's outside of the will of God. That means it's sin. You know, sin is like, it's not as scary, I mean, it is a scary word, but it's not as scary as, as, as we make it out to be. We kind of make it out to be, you know, you've got the devil with the, with the, with the thing, you know, that thing with the pitchfork, you know, and then you've got sin and you've got that bad person who's like the sinner, the robber, and he's in jail, he's Hitler, you know, he's that bad guy, like, <laughs> I'm the villain, the sinner, and I was like, I don't want to be a sinner, it's not what it says, it's not, it's much more subtle than that, much, much, much more subtle, and that's why it makes, why, why it's so dangerous for us, anything that's outside of the will of God is sin, the word sin means to have missed the mark, it's, it's, a, it's an old term, Oh, that they used to use for archery, when an archer would fire that arrow at a target. You know, the red dot in the middle? If he missed that red dot in the middle, they would say, that's sin. He's missed the mark. There is a mark. There is a will of God for you. And when you miss it, it's only because you've gotten outside of the will of God. How do you get outside of the will of God? Let me tell you something. It will be the systems of man the concerns of humanity 
that the enemy will use in order to make you fearful, to make you scared, to make you feel like you are insufficient so that he can get you into a place where he can have you do his will rather than God's will. And it may not be anything really evil. You know, doing the the, the will of Satan is not, not, you know, I mean, there is, we see horrible evil in the world, but the biggest evil, the most evil, is happening in our own hearts when, when the enemy wins by using this system against us to get us into a place where we are acting out of fear, where we are making resolutions out of, out of having to compete, out of, out of having to prove ourselves, out of having to, to make everyone know how good we are or how much we can do or how much what we can do and all of these sorts of things. He, he wants to get you into that place. He wants to trap you in that, that area where you are making resolutions that aren't based on God but based on the systems of this world. That's where he works. That's where he works. In uh, verse 25, sorry, verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny, must deny what? Wow, okay. Whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to be a follower of Christ must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow Jesus. Or not me, but follow Jesus, follow me. You know our cross, (laughs) when you look at the cross that, that Jesus was hung upon, He had to go to that cross because of his calling. And his calling was to be a sacrifice for all mankind. Your cross, it's the stuff that you're going to have to carry because of your calling. You know, and the stuff you will carry will be the you shoulds and the you shouldn'ts. It'll be the things that people say. It'll be the human concerns Oh, you, 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 you're, you're from you're, 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 you're from this family, so therefore you need to do this. You, you're, you're from you, you, you know we we ha- we have a we have an expectation of you because because of dot 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 all human concerns. These will be the cross. This will be the cross because some t- at some point your calling may actually go in opposition. To what is expected of you. And what was expected of Christ, none of his disciples got it. None of them. They were all oblivious to that. They were all shocked. When he was on the cross, for, they couldn't believe. They all ran. They scattered. They left and abandoned Jesus because they, they were like, oh, we don't know what to do with this. We don't know how to deal with this. And, and, and that was Jesus' cross. We all have a cross to carry. And that, cra- that cross will be others' expectations. It will be others' thoughts for us. There are other, others' plans for us. And, and sometimes that cross will even be the stuff in ourselves that we wrestle with because of the calling that's on our lives. You know, I, to give you an example, my dad, uh, m- my dad's mother, who was a, bless her soul, she was a sweet old lady. She was a little mad. My dad's mother was actually a white witch. 
uh, she dabbled in all witchcraft and all sorts of crazy things. She was, she was an interesting woman. Very, very extremely superstitious woman. And, uh, but one thing, she's passed away now. One thing to the, that she took to the grave. My dad was a pastor. He was a minister. That she took to the grave. That she would repeatedly say to my dad, I don't know when you're going to get a real job, Rodney. I don't know when, when you're going to get a real job. This whole pastoring thing is just a stage you're going through. And my dad's like, before she, he was like 60 already by the, by the time she passed away. It's like, Mom, this is my life. This is what I do. No, Rodney, you need to go and get a real job. She never let go of that. That was a cross for my father. You understand? Our cross is the stuff we carry because of our calling. Now, I'm, I'm dealing with something real dangerous right here in this room right now with you guys. My challenge to you is to find your calling if you don't already know it. But let me tell you something. Your calling involves a cross. Your calling is not going to come without a cost. And that cost will be in all sorts of ways. And all sorts of things. But anything outside of the will of God for you is a forfeit. See, this is why Jesus was saying in verse 25, he says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. I have this saying don't do anything in your life. I say this to young people in terms of careers. Don't do anything in your life that is not worth giving your life up for. Don't do anything in life that's not worth giving your life up for because the fact is, whatever you do, you're actually giving your life up for. Oh, you know, we, we, a lot of this, this generation of young people, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit, I'm 40 if you don't already know that, I'm a little bit older. One of the things I've noticed about this particular generation, and this is not a negative thing about this generation, it's an amazing thing, but it, there's a danger in it, is, is a lot of young people today are like, I'm just going to try this, and I'm just going to try this, and I'm just going to try this, and I'm just going to try this. I, I, I'll, I'll step into their worlds and I'll say, don't try, 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 try. Give your life up for something because you are giving your life up. Do you understand? And Jesus knew this. This is why you need to be praying. This goal sheet, you need to be praying. What is my calling? Don't make goals based on human concerns. Make goals based on your calling about what God has for you. Because whoever wants to save their life, well, you're going to lose it. We all die. That's what Jesus is saying. One day, you're going to stand before God and you go, how, am I, how, how did I get here? Well, you died. You died. That's, that's what happens. But then Jesus says this. He says, whoever loses their life for me will find it. In other words, God's putting, Jesus putting the challenge out there to his disciples. He's saying, this cross, you're going you're gonna to carry a cross. It's going to cause you to need, you're, going to, you're, going to be, you're actually going to be giving up your will. Where you, you pray a prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy will be done. What is he, what, 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 hold on a second, thy will be done? 
I would prefer Jesus if it was, hallowed be thy name, my will be done in heaven on earth as it is. In heaven on earth. Whatever, that's, I'm getting all mixed up. You understand what I'm saying though, don't you? We would prefer it to be my will, not thy will, not God's will. But Jesus is saying, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And what he's saying is, you're going to hit the mark. And Jesus demonstrated this. When he rose again, when he was victorious, when he could have came and stood, and when they, went to the, when they went to the grave, and they went looked in, in that tomb, and Jesus wasn't there, and they're like, where's Jesus? He's gone. How does a dead man walk again? Well, he was the Messiah. He was Christ. He was who he said he was. He hit the mark and he said, anyone who wants to follow me is also going to hit the mark. But following Christ is going to cost you something. There is a cross. It will be people's expectations. It will be your own expectations. It will be stuff that you want to achieve. It will be stuff that you want to do. But, but you've got to understand something about what you want to do is God can see the why in your want. And he knows that some of these things are actually bondage. He wants you set free from it. He didn't put you on this earth so that you spend your life trying to prove yourself to society that you're something. He didn't die on the cross so that you can spend your life trying to get somewhere so you can sit in some place and drive some car and say to everyone, look at who I am at weddings and parties and all of those sorts of things. That Your life is worth so much more than that. In you is the DNA to actually change the world. In you is the church as us here together in this place. The enemy knows he just wants to trick us. He wants to put things in front of us. He wants to make us believe things about ourselves so that he can actually put us in a place where we are missing the mark, living in outside of the will of God. Verse 26. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world to prove, look at me, look what I've done. Yet, forfeit their soul. Yet, forfeit the very thing that I was trying to give back to them. And that is the challenge this morning. God can see the things in you. And Jesus was very aware, even in himself. The fact that he was the Messiah was, was actually the thing the enemy knew. And he wanted to raise that. He raised it twice with Jesus. He said, you know, you're the Messiah. You don't have to go through with this. You could just jump off that temple and show everyone who you are. You could, you could, just, you could just turn that bread... That, those little pieces of rock there on the, on the you're, you're a bit hungry, Jesus, out there in the desert fasting. Well, there's those rocks there. Just turn them into loaves of bread. You can do it. Jesus actually could do it. He, he, he did that miracle of the 5,000 loaves and fishes. He was able to turn nothing into bread. He could have just turned that, but, but the enemy was trying to do something. He was trying to get Jesus to forfeit his soul. He was trying to get Jesus to forfeit his calling because he knew of the millions and millions and millions of people that would be set free as a result of this one sacrifice. And he was afraid. And now his job is not on Jesus. His job is to try and get you outside of the will of God. 
to get you into a place where you are scared, where you are afraid, where you're afraid to actually follow your calling because you're fearful of what people will say. You're fearful of what the families will say. You're fearful of what others might do and, and say about you because of your calling. Well, let me tell you something that is not worth your soul. It is not worth your calling. Your calling is everything. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.